Chapter Thirteen of A Superfluous Woman by Emma Francis Brooke. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Bruce Peary. Jessamine felt herself to be as one sitting on a bare jet of rock, round which the tide creeps closer. And yet she thought that she could still escape. For two or three days she saw nothing of McGillivray in the mornings the first touch of the sun woke her to immediate gladness of existence and she would spring from her bed an ecstatic sense of youth and health coursing through her limbs dyeing her cheeks and shining in her eyes at such moments she was as an untired swimmer in a sunlit sea ungirt by visible shores but leaned upon by a limitless sky she worked so hard and with such a flush of exuberant energy with eyes so hopefully expectant that mrs mackenzie watching her one morning at the ironing-table felt prompted to speak she was sitting behind nipping and pressing the edge of a cap with her fingers and as she looked at the creeper-covered window with the back of the slim girlish figure over which she fancied the sun seemed glad to play silhouetted against it a maternal solicitude began to trouble her mild eyes two will be in that task i'm thinkin lassie said she jessamine was pressing the iron upon a shirt of mr mackenzie's mrs mackenzie watching her steadily saw the little ear and the curve of the cheek just then daintily edged with light flush the gentle swaying movements of the ironing continued but the figure seemed to quiver with consciousness will some one be gatherin and givin you the bit of white heather continued mrs mackenzie in a low voice there was no answer the iron came down on the shirt-sleeve with the deft firmness which had been learned from mrs mackenzie herself they say remarked the latter as firmly that luck's in marriage these words hazarded she looked for their effect a second flush beat into the cheek and ear one so deep that they must have smarted as from a blow then it drew away leaving pallor mrs mackenzie's eyes filled with wistful alarm but the patting of the ironing went on and was continued until the shirt was folded then jessamine looked round and mrs mackenzie found herself confronted with a pair of sad inscrutable eyes and the manner of the dominant class i have finished the shirts mrs mackenzie and will go upstairs for a little no no one has gathered and given me a bit of white heather in jessamine's appearance for the moment was a curious resemblance to her aunt arabella and upon this metamorphosis mrs mackenzie gazed with eyes of penetrating mildness then miss halliday left the kitchen the other remaining to her reflections these were almost immediately broken by the appearance of john at the outer door he had a spruce and brushed-up look his skin shining above his dark beard and his eyes cheerful with the prospect of adventure i must be goin annie said he but where will the bonny wee lassie be 
mrs mackenzie moved her head in the direction of the inner door and staircase without speaking she might be wantin something from town could we be callin her asked john with the hesitating awe of high quality which still perplexed the more familiar relations john said mrs mackenzie rising it seems to me as though i was seein trouble comin ah weel said john his radiance unabated ef trouble's comin we will just be settin still and bidin for it we will not be saddlin a horse and goin out to meet it but said mrs mackenzie if we could be turnin it into another road depend upon it annie if we try it will be makin us carry it here ourselves and what will be ailin you to talk of ill luck miss halliday's light step upon the stair dispersed mrs mackenzie's slowly gathering answer and the moment afterward the bright innocent face in the doorway shot a reproach right into her bosom jessamine walked up to john with a little bit of paper in her hand and he greeted her with a smile of indulgent liking you are going to town said she will you do me a small errand i will be most pleased it is only a little one you see this name on the paper it is the name of a journal which you can get from any of the large railway stations if you will be so kind as to call there for me it costs one shilling oh certainly said john taking the paper and feeling in his pocket for his book but i will be losin this scrap o' writin and indeed i had best be settin it just down in my book he drew forth a pocket-book and turned over the leaves let me see continued he where will i be oh here sale of corn at wrightshar longhorn calf at bulnabruick that will be it and now what will i put down he examined the scrap of paper oh yes society's whispers he wrote the name down under the calf oh yes indeed i will be most pleased to get it for you miss halliday and i will be bringing it back to you to-morrow whatever then he went out into the yard and jessamine followed to pat the horse on the nose and to watch mr mackenzie get into his trap and drive away the red of her cheeks and the shining of her eyes caused him throughout his journey to smile again and again unwittingly when he had gone jessamine returned to the kitchen where mrs mackenzie was bending over the fire to throw vegetables into the broth she was cooking but when mrs mackenzie caught sight of her standing in the cross-light between the door and window she looked her over steadily once more while she continued stirring in the pot with a large wooden spoon but she said nothing let me peel the potatoes for you said jessamine caressingly End of chapter thirteen